because I used to get heaps of haters before I showed my face. And then I one day just put something with my face in it and it was like a light switch. Wow. And I just stopped getting all those haters. Are you serious? And I think it might have just humanised me or shows that I'm actually not a very intimidating person at all, like, <laughs> at all. Yeah. And I think that comes through because I think my art can maybe sometimes come across as quite jarring. I just have a lot of feelings. And I'm going to talk to you about the unintended consequences social media is having on your mental health. Is it genetic? Oh, Christ. How on earth can you have a problem with anxiety, Jordan, when you are so confident on stage? But I don't want to go among mad people. Oh, you can't help that. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Stop taking pictures of yourself. Your sister's going to jail. Picture this. It's 2011. You got shit-faced at a raucous pre-revs house party in the suburbs on the weekend. And whilst you don't remember much, you sure as hell remember there being a flash of light in your face while you were huddled over a gutter attempting to smoke a cigarette out of your nose. This is not a hypothetical, by the way. Mm. Lucinda, you can't deny it. We have the photos. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nah, that's all right. Social media is an ugly smorgasbord of our most embarrassing moments distributed on our Facebook page every year in a bid to ground us on our birthdays. But what happens when the joke goes too far? We live in a world now where people are content. Mm. People fucking up. People falling over. People embarrassing themselves. Considering how we live amongst walking, talking commodities... Where do we draw the line when documenting the funny things we see and hear? A month or so ago, I was scrolling through Instagram when a post by Brown Cardigan inevitably came up. It was a grainy video taken in a club, so I knew it would be good. It turned out to be a video of an older man doing the sloppiest kiss on a young-looking woman. The bloke in question was a prominent Australian game show host. I'm not going to name him here because he has a family and he probably doesn't need this kind of grief being put out into the ether. But in short, the video showed him clearly fucked up on God knows what, kissing a young girl. The post was up for about a day before being deleted. Why was it deleted, I wondered, apart from the fact that it was clearly an invasion of privacy? Had this man seen the video and contacted Brown Cardigan directly to get them to delete it? I was genuinely curious, so I slid into Brown Cardigan's DMs, and they're really quick at replying. I think they must get a lot of DMs because people send videos. Um, Whose admins told me that they deleted it because it was too red hot. Was that a quote? Yeah, too too red red hot. hot, Which I quite like. It's kind of too red hot. Too red hot. Spicy. Now, as much as social media comes with implicit rules... Like liking your ex's new girlfriend's latest Instagram post, you wouldn't, you'd never, you would do, never that. do that. You can't do it. I don't recall there being a guideline for how red hot mm. is too red hot when it comes to funny content at the expense of others. But who are we to know? Today on No Chill, we're talking to Mia Pantechis. She's a lawyer at Morris Blackburn. We want to ask her how social media is really policed, and perhaps more importantly, how social media has changed the law as we know it. Mm. We're also talking to Campbell Walker, a.k.a. at Struthless69, who is one of the funniest and freshest original content creators on the internet. He's a modern-day satirist who skewers Australiana, often leaving you with the feeling of extreme cultural (laughs) cringe. Sometimes the targets of his videos and illustrations are just stereotypes. It's that bogan Aussie auntie who loves John Farnham and ice-cold Bundys and Cokes. We all have one. We do. Other times it's personal, maybe involving a politician. And sometimes it's the sort of satirical joke that begs the question, is this for real? Did Scott Morrison actually message Struthless and tell him to take that spicy meme down? Sweet, just a mild disclaimer. Um, if I start having a crazy burping fit, it's not because I'm disgusting or because I'm Rick Sanchez or anything. Um, it's, yeah, I just have a weird stomach disease and occasionally that happens when I am in these kind of talking settings. 
Well, I'm so glad that we found that out early and I don't think Absolutely. you're a Absolutely. And you've given me this bubbly water, which certainly won't help. But... Oh, you should oh, have accepted yes. No, 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 no. I want to live a little, you know. <laughs> In fact, you requested that. I know I did. And I was like, as soon as I did, I'm like, oh, you know, you live and you learn, but sometimes you just live. You're a modern online satirist and cultural commentator. How did Struthless start? So... It started maybe, uh, I want to say about two years ago, when I really didn't have much to do. You know, when you've got a lot of creative energy and just nowhere to put any of that energy. And I was kind of being a bit whiny to the guy that I was working for at the time, who was a sculptor called Mark Shatner. And I was just saying, oh, man, I keep creating this, I keep creating that. And he's like, that's just your problem. And this guy, he's got a litany of work behind him. He's created, I don't know if you know Dogman and Rabbit Girl. Uh, anyway, Gillian Mark, give him a Google. Oh, oh yeah, 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 the yeah, big yeah. statue. Yeah, yeah, the oh anthro- yeah, like Greek bo- god bodies with the rabbit heads and the dog heads. Are they, is there ones in St Kilda as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and there's wow. a lot of like, paparazzi dogs. And they're all over the world. They're doing rhinos at the moment. You is know? That, that guy? Yeah, yeah. So I was working for him at his studio. That's and awesome. then. Yeah, I guess, like, you know, artistic jealousy kicks in. Not to a crazy degree. He was still, you know, someone I was learning from. But I'm like, oh, man, how do I how do I become more like you? He's like, you know what your problem is? It's a great impression if you ever meet him. He goes, you'll, uh, you'll draw a picture one week, you'll make a song the next week, you, you'll write this the next week, and you, and you never do anything. Because all you're doing is one thing, one thing, one thing. I'll tell you what you've got to do, Campbell. Draw one thing every single day for a year. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, I'm going to take your advice. So, yeah, that day I was just walking through the park and I saw a couple of ibises in Hyde Park. And this is kind of before they were, you know, kind of played out as mm. a meme. Bin chickens. Like, yeah, basically. They were, like, just they were just animals. They were just animals at that point. Yeah. And I'm like, screw it, I'll just draw them. And so I just started drawing them and I wasn't much of an artist. You know, he'd actually pick the medium for me because even that I hadn't decided on. You, you know, when you're just like, oh, what should I do? What should I do with my life? Like, I'm in my 20s. Um, yeah, and so he'd picked the medium for me. So I just started drawing them. And after a while, I was like, all right, I'm just drawing ibises. What should I do now? And I'm like, well, he told me to keep drawing the one thing. So I've got to keep drawing ibises. But then I started adding in jokes because I'm like, the ibises are getting boring. So I'll just give the ibises some jokes to do. And so they were just kind of slice of life kind of, you know, I guess, as you said, you know, just satire, basically, Mm, like just stitching things up. Or sometimes they were just cheap puns about drugs, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Still valid. (laughs) Still valid, baby. Yep. Um, And then as I was drawing these ibises and chucking jokes in, after a while, I found that the jokes were getting better than the ibises and they were actually obscuring the jokes. (laughs) Because it was like, hey, here's an interesting take on society. Oh, and there's also an ibis? Why is there an ibis there? (laughs) I I don't get this anymore. And at that point, I realized that I had ridden the advice wave from Mark Shatner long enough. And that actually the one thing that he was trying to get me to was jokes and social commentary. Yeah. So I just kept going going with it. Right. You outgrew the ibises. Yeah. Well, I guess... I mean, his advice was just to start and just see what happens, right? And I think, like lots of people, you just procrastinate without doing anything. And so. And now you are the complete opposite of a procrastinator. I don't know anybody else in Australia who makes stuff online, who pumps out stuff as often as you do to the level that you do, like quite highly produced work. Definitely Batuta. They shit all over me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they've just got a good, do a good headline. Oh, they've also got like seven writers. You're one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. you're, and to do, the other thing is like satire and comedy and stuff, It's it can be really hard to do just alone when you're not bouncing off someone. Like I'm sure you bounce off Felicity, your partner, and other people in the space, but like you're sort of a one-man show. Yeah, yeah, which is fun, you know. Yeah. It's weird, though, to know that I, I guess I am and it's all just coming out of me, which is nice. That creative energy, though, have you always been like that? Do you have a compulsion to Definitely, create? definitely. That's, yeah, since as long as I can remember. I hate to be one of those people who's like, for as long as I can remember. But, <laughs> no, I've definitely always had that creativeness or that nervous kind of energy it's, it is sort of almost nervous energy isn't it rather frenetic yeah mm. frenetic I love mm. it so Struthless we know that you create a lot of things online but how do you get money I definitely do a lot of freelancing as a video producer so before I was drawing I was just making ads mostly right. I do a lot of ads for startups I used to work in advertising 
I'm um, not proud of that. So we used to work in kitchens. Let's focus on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Done the hard yards. Done the hard yards. Funny you say that because in a previous episode with Osha, we speak about his new book that he's launched. And we, you and I were both at that book launch oh, yeah. and you had done the pre-video. That is true. So, yeah, just random clients like that, I guess. So. Osha Ginsberg is it? Yeah, client? yeah. Is it, is it Ginsberg or Gunsberg? I've been saying Gunsberg. Oh, crap. I, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, though. <laughs> Whatever. We'll figure it out. Andy G. Andy G. Andy G. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it was super cool. Actually, that brief, um, getting a bit off topic, but it was kind of funny because he just sent me all his kind of home photos. And he's like, hey, man, just make a video out of these. And there was just the most insane photos of, like, firstly, him as a teenager playing bass in rock bands. I think I saw one of those. Yeah. It's so so weird. So brilliant, right? Yeah. But then the other part was he'd send me just, you know, these backstage selfies of circa 2003 of him and Guy Sebastian. <laughs> and I just went back to him like, man, I don't know if this is appropriate, but... This just made me really nostalgic. <laughs> this is my childhood. Yeah, like, I know this is your life, but it's also kind of mine. <laughs> it's true, though. It's it was super weird. Is. I'm like, what, a, what an odd existence for him to have. Just yeah. Just have that shared. Absolutely. He does take up so many different, like, facets of our... He really does. His show is so good as well. Oh, oh man. Fantastic. I, I, was, I was buckled. Yeah, we were sure. Go back and listen to our episode. Is it number two with Osha? Yeah. It Please is. go and listen if you haven't. Even all you hipster haters who thinks that you know he he's like a, a TV p- celebrity or something, just um just get over yourself and have a listen. <laughs> listen, he's not. Uh, yeah, so basically just video production freelance. I do a lot of illustrating that type of thing as well. But as someone who um, makes a particular genre of content, and yours is satire, yours is funny. I feel like that takes a lot of energy just keeping up to date with current things happening and not just that having to have a hot take on that (laughs) is that kind of exhausting a little bit frustrating sometimes i think it's more frustrating for my partner yeah (laughs) is this funny is this funny oh please please is this funny just like (laughs) putting things in her face and she's just she's so over me Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) like it kind of is exhausting though but you do need someone to yeah absolutely like if you were to see our message threads you you would think, oh my god, what are these two on about? Because it's just, is this funny? Is this good? Is this? It's just insecurity, right? Like, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 right. Well, yeah, I've got that with another mate who, incidentally, is a Batuta writer. But oh, like, I, I occasionally use him to, you know, help me write longer form stuff. Um, he's like one of my best mates from way back. He's a stand-up. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, we've got almost an identical like message thread. It's just oh, only it's one way. It's just me sending him <laughs> stuff. And like, well, laugh at this. Yeah, please, please validate me. Um, but to answer your question, yes. But I think keeping up with trends is a very nice way of saying screen addiction. Mm, <laughs> so yep. yeah, you just yep. kind of keep up with them out of muscle memory from unlocking your phone and just staring at it. Absolutely. Do you think that also has something to do with this like frenetic energy? Like, do you find it hard to sit, to be still? Yes, yes, mm. extremely so. And I mean, the best days are when they're, I think, booked out from dawn till dusk and you just do something and something and something mm. and something and you just keep going. And what happens when you're not creatively fulfilled or busy? I eat a lot of Xanax. Mm. Yeah, genuinely. Just, yeah, just genuinely eat Xanax and watch like a cartoon, a very inoffensive cartoon. Just cuddle my dogs. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm, I'm going at those two speeds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nice. How do you like when you log off? How do you chill out doing that? Yeah, mostly that. Uh, mostly with my dogs. I mean, my dogs really are the only kind of offline fun I have anymore, which is weird because I used to really be into nature and I used to love, you know. I mean, everybody loves travelling. It's not really a <laughs> exclusive a to me. personality trait. Right? <laughs> That's so the hot fucking meme going around at the moment, isn't it? it? Is. It's like, um, if you think your shirt is a personality trait, I'm like, if you think being bitchy is a personality trait, <laughs> kind of go, there's your hot take. Yeah. No, but yeah, go fuck yourself, Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like I used to be really into it. And I mean, like, you, I guess your interests just shift you yeah. know, from year to year and month to month. And I mean, at the moment, I'm... I mean, do you guys kind of go through phases of research oh yeah yeah oh yeah so i couldn't be more obsessed with non-famous soundcloud rappers so soundcloud oh. rappers who are trying to become the big soundcloud rappers at the moment oh, yes. love that because it's so beautiful it's one of those things where they've just committed so hard and they've got the face tat and they've only got 700 <laughs> followers oh my god and i'm like you know cool <laughs> this is great <laughs> this is so good are any is any of their stuff good 
definitely, definitely, definitely. I mean, if you're into trap or drill or any of those awful genres, which <laughs> I happen to love. I, because it's, again, it's that, like, energy. Yeah, and Felicity criticises me once again because she, she's a bit more emotionally regulated, you know, and she can kind of find her chill, like, more efficiently than I can. And I tend to put on really, like, heavy, kind of fast, chaotic music, and I really like, yeah, like, really chaotic trap and industrial and techno yeah. and like really awful music and rave music I still love rave music yes. that's going nowhere you know I'll be, I'll be listening to that when I'm 70 and she's just like you just can't go slow and I'm like yeah. I might feel it darling <laughs> but I mean that's it's a blessing and a curse because it's probably part of why you're so becoming especially so popular in Australia I feel like you've blown up a lot over the past few months how has that felt oh you guys definitely held so thank really? you really oh I, I mean like mm-hmm. oh, I everything mean, like, helps a little bit once but... I've painted both your offices a lot more people want paintings you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <This is laughs> which true. means I can sustain myself financially so Good. a lot of help um, how does it feel I I'm gonna sound like a rapper still got a lot of blowing up to do baby <laughs> <laughs> that's right we all do yeah um, I don't know it's been cool like I guess the, the very mild attention that I've received you know particularly this year mm. um which, again, sort of came out of me trying to express an idea. So I, f- I feel like I started hitting a more attention maybe about, like, March of this year. And that was the first time I had a video get a million views. And I was like, oh. Huge. And then after that, I don't know. Which video was it? Okay, so I'll explain how the video came around. Um, it was the one about doing cocaine in Mexico, if you ever saw that. <laughs> Amazing. We're going to be talking about it. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I basically had come home that day and I was thinking just about the price of cocaine, as you do. <laughs> Ponder on it. Yeah, Tuesday. and I sort of drew this graph and I'm like, <laughs> hey, Felicity, is this funny? No, um, <laughs> and I'd drawn this graph. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny, like after a while it becomes cheaper to do it in other countries and I tried to draw it as a picture and it just wasn't coming out with the same punchline mm. and I wasn't really that into videos at that point but I couldn't express this through a picture so I was just like oh fuck it I'll just turn the camera on and say it towards the camera and I did and then I just uploaded it to Facebook and I woke up the next morning and it had seven figures in that view spot and I'm like oh, oh damn let's play a little bit of that clip right now if you're going to be doing more than five grams of coke this weekend, it makes a lot more sense for you financially to fly to Mexico, do your coke there, and then fly back. Our return flight from Sydney to Los Angeles is 899, and then from Los Angeles to Mexico City is 268. I'll use some very rough prices here. Let's call Australia $300 a gram. Let's call Mexico 20. Add a gram, 300. 1,187. Add another gram, 600. 1,207. Add a third gram. Add a fourth gram. Add a fifth gram. Staying in Australia is far more expensive. $333 more expensive. That's not even accounting for pokies, kebabs, Uber. Other things. The rough amount of time you'll be spending in the air each way is 20 hours. So if you leave work Friday 8 p.m., get in the plane, you get there at 11 p.m. Friday night in Mexico, ready to do your more than five gram coke bender. Then you've got all Friday nights to do your coke. You've got all Saturday mornings to do your coke, and then as long as you leave by Saturday 7 p.m., you can get back to work by 8 a.m. Monday morning. So next time you want to do more than five grams of coke, think about your choices. Fly to Mexico. It's basic economics. Um, it's genius. Yeah. I gotta go to Mexico. Wonderful, right? Absolutely. And and then I know you started making other ones. Like you did one that was about coals getting free almonds. Mm. Yeah, that was about two days later. So like after that got a million views, I was like, oh, you know, when you when you when you hear the phone pick it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I should probably make something with that similar kind of economic cookery idiot kind of humor. But it's so, like it's like it's serious maths and stuff. Like, oh, thank you. It's actually yeah. smart. <laughs> Sorry. The word actually is superfluous. I mean, that's so actually condescending. Smart. But, you know, I mean, it, it was complex. I think that's why it was so popular, because it was funny and complex. Yeah. And was, yeah. Oh, thanks, anyway. man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I was basically at Woolworths, I think. Or actually it was Coles, because I'm pretty sure Coles was mentioned in that video. I was at Coles, like, I want to say that day or the day after, and I was just thinking oh, man, I need to follow this up. I've just gotten my whole new audience. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, as you do. And so I was like, all right, if I over-service them now, fuck, that sounds clinical, um, in this 30-day period following this viral hit, if I just make as many of these as I can, then 
I can sort of chill out after that yeah. and only make videos when I feel like it. And that was kind of my game plan, which is, once again, so cold. No, it, this is this exactly is what no chill is. Exactly. This is all we talk about all day. And awesome, it feels man. So, yeah. And I, I, yeah, and uh, sorry if, you're, uh, if you just thought I was a cooker who did things on the fly. <laughs> I'm wicked calculated. Seriously. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I made that video about how to get free almonds, which incidentally doesn't work. Okay. But I use the same maths in a later video about poker machines, and that one does work. Oh, that huge. actually does work. I actually don't think I have gotten in trouble. <laughs> I get a lot of shit online, as everybody does. Right, but, but not I from... I don't think I've ever had a cease and desist <laughs> that I can think of, which is a bit of a shame, really. There's time, really. There's time. I don't think the world's really ready to take seriously. Like, the Coles generation, the baby boomer world, isn't really ready to take people on the internet as seriously as perhaps they should. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was kind of the point I was I was trying to get at oh, before. I definitely like agree it's, with you. Yeah, like, I feel like, as someone who makes a lot of work on the internet, I do have this kind of internalised baby boomer voice being like, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like from a legal ramification perspective, that's permission for you to just keep pushing it and pushing it to see how far you can go most definitely which i mean it would be it would be uh, just a dream to get a cease and desist letter <laughs> so you want that <laughs> of course you do that's this is hilarious it means you're doing something absolutely yeah. i'm yeah this this is just a dark reminder of how much better i could be mm. what about intellectual property though because you're a creator Oh man, my stuff gets just chopped and yeah. remixed and turned I bet it to does. shit. Oh, the most brutal one was I drew this. It was a really innocent picture. It was around the time of those bus driver memes. Yeah, Do you remember them? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were they were so sweet. They were nice. That yeah. was a nice cultural wholesome society change. It was for a beautiful. While. Yeah, and everyone was getting behind him. Well, probably not everyone. There were probably some people hating him. But um, I just drew one, and it was like this guy, and he was really happy, just like racking a line, and you know, it was about how this is how thanks makes the bus driver feel or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah. yeah. And then it started becoming a meme in all these really, you know, like edgy deep fried meme pages. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you for shaking your head because mm. I hate them. I'm like, go fuck yourself, you Gen Z piece of shit. Yes. Like, go hide behind word art because you don't know how to put a joke together. Yeah. You can't <laughs> criticise yourself to put yourself above criticism. You are still an absolute piece of shit in my eyes. I feel like I just witnessed the most incredible spoken word poetry yeah. performance <laughs> on this slam. entire yeah, slam. Yeah. slam. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'll drop the mic if it weren't attached to the desk. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I hate all those deep-fried meme pages. I mean, sometimes they're funny. I send them to my brother who's eight years younger than me because that's what he likes. <laughs> Idiot. Uh, anyway, they kind of took that particular drawing and ran with it and just turned it into every type of meme, which I'm all for, and that happens a lot to my drawings. Yeah. But this one really hurt me because Instagram took that picture down because it uh, was not, I guess, in line with their community guidelines. Mm. Which happens to a lot of my stuff. Like, one time I was banned from Facebook for like a week, and that was right. brutal. Yeah. What, what was well, it? For? Yeah. It was for the cocaine video, actually. Right. Yeah, wow. which is no longer on Facebook. I think I saw you screenshot that and re upload it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, they, they wouldn't even let me use Messenger or anything. So I was like, how are you meant to send messages I to mean, your friends? I don't know like, anyone's It's fine. like when the when a tree falls down in the woods and no one like do you do you exist if you don't have messenger? That's what <laughs> I yeah, you don't exist. I don't think you do. Mm. I don't think you do either, right? <laughs> and it was brutal. It was just like they were flexing on me for that reason. And so well, I, that's yeah. kind of sorry, that's kinda of like a legal it's not a legal thing, but that is a consequence Absolutely. of doing something online. You like, see a lot yeah. of people who get their pages removed and and that's your livelihood. Well, 100%. So I messaged my friend who works at Facebook in San Fran because I'm like, who, I don't know who else to message. And I'm like, hey, man, this happened to me. What should I do? And he's like, Zuck is watching you. And I was like, <laughs> fuck off, what should I actually do? And he's like, oh, you're probably about like four reports away from losing your page. So just... You know, stop making videos about drugs. It's yeah. like demerit points, like when Honestly, you get caught speeding. It's exactly like that. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's intense. Mm. But, yeah, to conclude the, the story about the other one, yeah, my picture got taken down by Instagram, and meanwhile, every couple of days, I see it reappear somewhere, and I'm like, how come all these guys get to post yeah. it, and I don't? I drew it. It's, it's an artwork, not a meme. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of, like, we wanted to know as well how... Your, so your job, you're an artist, first and foremost, Thank you. 
an empowering assumption. Thank you. But you are an artist. You can call yourself an artist. Um, well, we just want to know, like, when you post these drug videos and whatnot, obviously Facebook and Instagram might have a problem with them, but what about potential employers? Huh. <laughs> yeah, I Did I just give you an anxiety that. attack? No, I mean, I'm so white. I'll always find work. <laughs> God damn, I'm just hit with privilege at this point. Uh, I feel like you would it would mean you would really easily get a job in an advertising agency. Like they'd see your viral Absolutely. hits and be like, We need you. That's kind of that's kind of it. I feel like if you're gonna be secretive about that thing when you're walking in looking like me, mm. like not to glorify what I look like or anything, but You look a bit like you paint trains. I, in the best way. In the, yeah, without yeah, tearing me to shreds or anything. <laughs> Sorry, Campbell, no, I no, like no. the aesthetic. Oh, thanks, man. But, I mean, this is all I am, right? <laughs> yeah, if the knuckle tats didn't stop me at reception, maybe the drug the videos video. might not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, God. Is there anything? So what do you actually keep off Instagram? A lot of stuff, I think. Yeah. I don't... I don't know. Do I come across as quite public and open on it? I think so. Not in like a not in a personal way. I think like I wouldn't know anything about you know your relationship or where you live even like things mm. like that or your dogs. Like I wouldn't know anything about that. Just what they um, look like. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think maybe when you started posting the videos where you were talking to the camera, that's the first time that we saw an embodiment of Truthless. Mm. Before that, I couldn't tell you if it was multiple people running your page. Well, yeah, actually interesting because I used to get heaps of haters before I showed my face, and then I one day just put something with my face in it and it was like a light switch. Wow. And I just stopped getting all those haters. Are you serious? And I think it might have just humanised me. Or shows that I'm actually not a very intimidating person at all, like, <laughs> at all. Yeah. And I think that comes through because I think my art can maybe sometimes come across as quite... <laughs> Jarring. Well, I think it's it's so intense and clearly thought about, but still so funny. It's sort of like the funny kid in the class that's super witty and smart, and you don't want to... I don't know. You're so in tune with what's funny and cool and stuff. This is so no-chill way of me explaining it. But, like, it is a bit intimidating because you are so on point with what's happening. And it's funny you say that because I find when I've written inflammatory stuff in the past, I feel like when I've put photos of myself up, that's been the point where people have been like, fuck you, you... You're a woman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, I'm the exact same. Like, when when I'm in a video for pedestrian or something... And showing my face or showing my personality, that's when I get the most. Yeah. Like, we stumbled across Ooh. just a beautiful insight into sexism, isn't yeah. it? Stunning, wow. stunning. Wow. That's why I was so shocked when you said that that's when you were humanised. Same. Like, what? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. I'm so sorry. So, so fine. But I we're love that. I love that. Not all men on the internet. <laughs> not all. Not this man's. Not, not this, this man's, man's. Oh, God. Not this man's. Oh, yeah. As if toxicity. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Good Good Lord. That is... That's really profound. Yeah. And really sad. Well, I just find that really interesting. What were the kind of things people were saying? Like, oh, how did it change? I mean, I still get lots of haters all the time. I'm pretty into them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you have any, like, favourites who pop up all the time? Uh, I think I used to, and then I blocked them all just because, I mean, you get in a weak moment, probably in one of those Xanax on the couch. Mm. I'm like, I don't want to see your fucking username ever again. And so I just, you know, blocked a bunch of people, and I'm like, yeah, this feels good. And it helped? It felt oh, good? Oh, yeah. It'd be like yeah. if someone took a shit on your floor in your living room. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to leave the shit there. <laughs> I'm going to pick up this shit. This is my living room, bitch. Precisely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what kind of haters? Really weird ones. I think the weirdest hater that I ever got was this guy. I had just drawn something about surfwear brands because I was living in Newey and, God damn, I hate surfwear brands. And I had just drawn this generic logo for, like, a surfwear brand, kind of what they all look like with that awful kind of font and the <laughs> yeah, palm yes, tree and everything. Yes. And then somebody had sent me a picture of of a van that had an almost identical 
font on it. And so I storied them. I'm like, uh, I don't think I even said anything. I just put them side by side, kind yeah. of check it out. And this guy just replies. And it's always weird when they slide into your DMs to hate you. No one is <laughs> yes. public. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you coward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he replies, you're an asshole and so is Cooksuck. I'm like, <laughs> all right, this is weird, man. Because... <laughs> I know Cooksuck. Yeah. And he is the loveliest human being in the world. He's another one of those guys who I think could probably come across as very intimidating. Extremely intimidating, actually. I think there's yeah. nobody more intimidating in terms of, you know, Australian satirists. Mm. But you meet him and he is just, he's like this sweet guy and you just want to cuddle him or something. I know, right? He yeah, really yeah, is. yeah. Because I, I DM'd him. Because Mickey and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His older brother, Mickey, um, I, I DM'd him about this episode because I know his whole thing is taking, um, finding on Facebook like photos of people's terrible meals, like a lot of single dad sort of meals, like shitty toast with, like what would be a good example of a cook suck thing? Oh, um... Kind of like cheese on fish fingers over some rice. Yeah. And know. the person's super fucking proud of it. And like flash photography as well. Absolute flash. Yeah. yeah. And maybe like, like it's almost like an attempt at Jamie Oliver style garnishing. Yes. You know, they'll put like a leaf from like a Mongo- magnolia tree. It's <laughs> 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 just. <laughs> yeah. And be like, we eaten tonight, you know? Yeah. And his captions are so, it's amazing satire. Oh, they're brutal. Yeah. They're so brutal. And I, I asked him about it once. I'm like, Man, oh, he's gonna listen to this and hate me. Um, I'm like, man, you really um. I thought that you'd be a lot meaner in real life. Yeah. yeah. He's like, really? I, I just feel like it's a character. I'm like, oh, I I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. thought this is what you were. Well, even with you, like you are so easy to talk to and like so accessible. Mm. And not that I didn't think that but I think it's just when you have someone and people think that with me a lot too when you have someone that asserts themselves in a way that they're confident and they know what they're trying to say people take that as intimidating Mm. and so when people they think you wouldn't be easygoing yeah or they take it easy whereas when you meet me as well like I'm I'm much more apologetic than what I seem on the internet so that's funny that you even felt that with like a, a close friend yeah 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 well, I, I knew him as Cooksuck first, so I guess oh. that, that was my first impression was... Of course. Yeah. What were we saying? How did we get onto this? Um, this? It was reason? about... What do you keep off Instagram? Uh, I think... No, no, no. It was after, after, that, after that. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm like, no, man, it's all good. Like, it's just the internet. Relax. Like... Just hope that you're okay. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Sorry, I don't know what got into me. I actually love your stuff. I'm like, yeah. okay. He's like, yeah, I just think that the way that you satirize, you know, the middle class and like just went into this like detailed analysis of, of my work. And I'm like, this is cool. That is incredible. Yeah. It really, that's again, the humanizing thing. There's so many, I've heard of this before where people always will criticize celebrities because he thinks you're not going to see that. And then once you reply yeah. and you say, I've seen this, they go, oh, actually, I am a huge fan. Like, that is so so common mm. super incredible. trippy hey and was it kind of nice though in the end that you came to yeah we've a... got it we've got a bit of a chat going now oh, yeah. that's cool oh, that's so wholesome wholesome hate wholesome haters wholesome hate. don't hate me please don't do it <laughs> he doesn't want it well on that line is there anyone you wouldn't actually take the piss out of uh, yes yes I think other races mm. I just don't feel good about that I mean in general kind of like minority bashing isn't something I really want to do totally um, I like ripping on poor people but I wouldn't rip on anyone poorer than what my family was yeah so you do come from a poor family I, I, I we actually moved classes um, like four times um, right. yeah so we were super poor and then my dad was kind of running get rich quick schemes cool. and around about the time I was like 11 we went and became sort of quite wealthy and then about three or four years after that we became poor again Mm. that's the worst oh I was on top baby yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but now they're kind of somewhere in the middle well mum is but yeah when I was like 11 my dad um was into doing illegal things and he got us yeah 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 yeah. and it was the best because like one day we had foxtel and it was like illegally wired but we had it for like a month and i thought i was like i'm watching nickelodeon every day i'm like this is how this is how the other people live and then we lost it again and it's always worth losing something when you have it you know i don't think i noticed i think by that point i was just like i was a teenager and i was just 
you know, eating too much dumb stuff and <laughs> just didn't even notice it. And retrospectively, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's why we moved house and I changed schools and all so that sort of stuff. Is that why you feel entitled is probably not the right word, but like as if you can take the piss out of like... I feel very comfortable with class jokes mm. because I really do feel like I've experienced every class. I mean, I feel like new money is in a way rich, right? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, um, so I, I do feel very comfortable in that domain. Mm. And do you think with your satire, are you laughing at them or are you laughing with them? Because I think with Australia, cultural cringe kind of vibe, it usually is like those Kath and Kim characters who are sort of like dummies. Do you ever consider that? I, I feel like I'm laughing at myself a lot of the time. Right. Which some people don't get. You know, I drew this meme about... I call them memes because everyone else does. Yeah, I don't know what they are. What did I say? Illustration? Comic? I mean, the word comic is so out of vogue that people be like, I like your art meme. I'm like, bro, there's a word for this. Anyway, art meme? Um, yeah, I drew an art meme about Converse One Stars and I was like, I'll just get a roast him. And I'm like, doing it while wearing them. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like, yeah. But I don't know if many people see that or if... They can see the shoes that you're wearing. Mm, I know. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's a really that's a really interesting point about the class stuff because I yeah. do wonder that it, mm. with a lot of the Australian satire. Oh, it actually it really shits me if I ever draw something against poor people, and someone will be like, "Punch up, bro!" I'm like, "You don't even know. Yeah, you, don't you don't know, know yeah. what I've been through, bro." <laughs> <laughs> you don't know my story. I know. I, I I honestly become like the poor people in the meme. I become like a fucking cursor song at that point. <laughs> I'm like just like going through like fucking like you know shitty apartments with my mom like. <laughs> Mia, hello. Hi, thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. So where where are you from? I'm from Morris Blackburn. I'm a senior associate in the employment and industrial law team there. So you're nice. legit. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> How do you think defamation has changed since the birth of social media? So I think it's really changed the way that people communicate. It's instantaneous and the capacity for posts to go viral has increased. So really it's exposed a greater audience to potential defamation actions. Mm. And because the posts have a capacity to go viral, that means that damages awards can be higher. So some judges have described it as the evil of the grapevine effect, essentially. <laughs> really? Yeah. If a post, if you post something about someone that's derogatory and then it blows up, that means they could be awarded more damages? Correct, because the damage to reputation is greater and more widespread, essentially. And if you are liking posts or retweeting posts, you can also be liable even though you didn't create the content yourself. Really? Yes. <gasps> There's so much to unpack here. I've got so many questions. <laughs> I'm making notes. Yeah. <laughs> so really... I guess the rules haven't changed. Defamation laws apply to online content in the same way that they would apply to a newspaper article or to verbal statements that are made. And that means people need to be really careful about what they're posting online because there are legal consequences. I think that's really interesting because if you work at a newspaper or a media organisation, you have training and you know what you can and can't say. But now that citizen journalism, anybody can post anything at all times, we all, we have this platform to go viral, people aren't trained. Yeah. Correct. And I think if you look at user behaviour, that indicates that most aren't aware of the legal consequences and risks that exist for posting derogatory comments online about others. I, I have an example for you that we touched on in the intro to this episode. There's a meme page on Instagram called Brown Cardigan. Have you heard of it? I'm familiar with you're it, familiar. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure if you're a, you use Instagram yourself or not. You're a massive Bra meme lord. <laughs> yeah. Side job. Um, Brown Cardigan, a couple of weeks ago, posted a video of a television presenter. I won't name him. Um, at a club, clearly fucked off his brain on something kissing a young girl this man has a family and a kids and it was a really disgusting video he was clearly not in a frame of mind to say whether or not he was okay with being filmed they took the video down because they just thought it was too red hot their own words um but could have that television presenter like pressed 
charges against uh, the post? If he not charges. I think he'd have recourse from a defamation perspective if he could establish that the post in and of itself um, damaged his reputation or caused others to think less of him. So um, if it was a post of that nature, he could have taken defamation proceedings against Brown Cardigan and... They, depending on how widespread that post became, that would obviously influence the damages he may be awarded if he was successful. So it does... And, sorry, you don't... I just want to know, even though he did what he did in the video, like they haven't... It's a true depiction of what he's doing. Like it's a video. He can still press charges even though he did that action? Well, it depends on whether the post in and of itself is derogatory. So was it accompanied by any statements or the manner in which it was posted may be damaging to his reputation? So if it can be asserted that it was a defamatory post, then he would have recourse. So hypothetically, if it was just posted, no caption, nothing... It would be different if it was posted being like, look at this vlog. Yeah. So, correct. Wow. And a defence to defamation proceedings is truth. So if they can show that's a true depiction, then they can defend the proceeding. And you said something earlier about the audience as well. Like, hypothetically, if you had no followers, none whatsoever, and you posted this same video... Would it be the same case you're talking about or not yeah, necessarily? Yeah, so you're, you're essentially a publisher in, yeah. in that situation. So every digital user is a publisher just like a newspaper would be in the traditional sense. So that's really how the defamation landscape has changed with sort of the eruption of social media and, you know, the increased users. Where, where can people learn about what not to do like is there a cheat sheet that I can look up online to help me because I'm scared now (laughs) I haven't googled to see if there is a cheat sheet but they should obviously listen to this podcast as a first step (laughs) Um, but Uh, There must be material available online and this is a hot topic because uh, the laws in New South Wales are currently being reviewed because there has been a significant increase in defamation cases that involve social media. So in the last five years, 51% of the cases before the courts have involved online content, including posts on social media. So where this area of law traditionally was seen for rich people or celebrities, Mm. it's now ordinary citizens who are suing each other over defamatory remarks that are posted on social media. So they're looking at the laws and attempting to make them more tech savvy, essentially, in this digital era. What you're saying about ordinary citizens, we want to talk about criminal citizens as well, because I remember with the Jill Maher case, it was really intense. And I remember Jill Maher's partner having to say, please, essentially, keep your opinions offline because it's almost working in Adrian Bailey's favour. Well, it's con- is it contempt of court? Y- if you yeah, what's the deal? It there? can be. So I think the Jill Maher case is a really good example of both the power and risks of social media. So the power there was that it helped sort of crack the case open, and there was an out pour of support for Jill and her family and the circumstances which were horrific in that case. But it's also a really timely reminder that you need to avoid commenting on Mm. uh, important cases, particularly criminal cases that are before the court, because if your posts um, endanger the presumption of innocence or interfere with the administration of justice, then there can be significant legal consequences. And if you cause a mistrial, that's essentially contempt of court. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so I guess it comes down to everyone is is equal in the eyes of the law, but if everyone's essentially decided that this person was not, that kind of works in his favour almost? Yeah, well, it, I guess social media posts have capacity to influence potential jurors and witnesses and impact a fair trial. So it's really a fine balance between an accused's right to a fair trial and you know, justice being seen to be done and ordinary citizens taking that into their own hands on social media. And I, there was an example uh, last year where Yahoo 7 was fined 300000 oh. and a journalist uh, received a good behaviour bond from the court because the article that was published actually was highly prejudicial about a 
criminal matter and it resulted in that trial being aborted. So there this are significant was, consequences. As someone working as a writer online and having a lot of the time at Pedestrian, you'd know if you read the site, we have to appropriate content from other sites. You know, we can't have a journalist out there going to the court. That's not our that's not our shtick. Yeah. So we do have to pull reports from other places. And this, this young journalist obviously hadn't been trained properly and wow. she picked information on this defendant from other areas online and added that. And as a reporter, you're not allowed to do that. You just have to report on the facts because the stuff that she added was prejudicial mm. against the man and then completely screwed the case and they had to throw it out of court, which is just like a huge fuck up. Yeah, massive. Yeah, so it just shows that there needs to be um, caution exercised when <laughs> you're thinking about commenting mm. and the safer approach would be not to comment about cases that are before the court. Absolutely. What about taking justice into your own hands because we all know that when it comes to things like sexual harassment and sexual assault often the legal um, domain fails us, fails fails a lot of women and with the birth of Me Too a lot of women are turning to the internet to essentially seek the justice that they aren't being afforded through the court systems, through the police what do you make of all of that? I think social media is a powerful tool in those circumstances because it can unearth and bring to the forefront a really important issue and also highlight and accelerate the public debate on that issue, which can lead to reform. Um, I think it's dangerous for people to sort of take justice into their own hands and use social media because there are significant legal consequences both for victims and perpetrators, mm. so defamation is one. Um, the better course is to use social media to sort of prompt that public debate and I think that's what Me Too has done and it's highlighted some real holes in the legal system for uh, victims of sexual harassment and indeed Morris Blackburn uh, is very vocal in that space at the moment and we're advocating for a lot of reforms that include putting positive obligations on employers to prevent sexual harassment and extending time limits for making complaints to the commission and also removing caps on damages. So it can nice. it can have that type of impact, and I think that's the better way to use social media to to get change. So, do you think the Me Too movement has actually created almost a legislation, created an effect in the legal system without necessarily like what you're saying is that Morris Blackburn are taking steps to make it easier for victims now to. Is that all? Has that all come from the Me Too movement? Correct. So the Me Too movement has shone a light on the gaps in our current laws that govern sexual harassment. That's prompted an inquiry by the Australian Human Rights Commission into our current laws, and we at Morris Blackburn are very active in pushing these reforms that I've referred to today. So it's amazing. Um, we think it's really important space, and the law needs to catch up and protect the victims of sexual harassment that have spoken out and been really brave to do so. Totally. But just in general, you don't necessarily think that social media can pick up the slack. It's just a matter of the law catching up. I think that's correct. Yes. I've got a hypothetical for you. Somebody on my fa- somebody on Facebook has found a photo of me from 2011 and in it I'm in a K-hole and I'm someone has drawn a penis on my face and it's a very compromising photograph and it's got a caption that says Lucinda is a dickhead. Um, very mean. Hope it this is very mean. Happen. Um, <laughs> can, and I ask them, excuse me, can you please take that photo down because it's really hurting my feelings and they don't do it. Can I then take legal action? If you can establish that that post and comment is damaging to your reputation or makes others think less of you in their eyes, which I think it does. I think a dick on your face does. Then, (laughs) yes, you would have recourse to defamation proceedings. What's my first step with that? Uh, You would have to set... I would... You send a concerns notice, Mm -hmm. which essentially asks them to take it down and gives them an opportunity to remedy it. And if they don't, then you can proceed to court. And can you do that first step without a lawyer or do you first go to a law? You can do that without a lawyer. Um, And the example you've just explained to me or provided me (laughs) uh, reminds me of a case where a teen, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but his his photo went viral. He had a mullet. (gasps) Uh, this is one of my all-time favourite cases yeah. of all time. I need to hear about yeah, it. Can you talk it? us through this? So there was a teen who was photographed at an 18th with a 
terrible mullet hairdo. Well, I this is subjective. Terms, subjective. Of God, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and the post went viral and was turned into multiple memes essentially making fun of his haircuts. Mullet memes. Yeah. It was like a young kid at a blue light disco. It was a side photo and he had the side shaved and this long-ass mullet. (laughs) That is a really good description of it. You should Google it after this. Are you allowed to say that? (laughs) That I should Google it after this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Hear what happened. Oh, okay, yes, continue. So uh, he sued three media outlets for defamation, alleging that uh, their circulation of the image and the memes um, exposed him to ridicule and essentially implied that he was a ridiculous person because of his chosen hairstyle and he has settled against two of the media outlets and one of the cases is still before the court. And who knows, hopefully he's still growing that glorious mullet. Hopefully, (laughs) yeah, fingers crossed. Next time on No Chill. Wait a minute, it's over. It's the end of the final episode, we did it. If you know somebody who could really take a that note, that sounds chill. so scripted. We got to be chill now. I know. We've I know. Come you're to right. The end. Okay, let's start that again. If people, no, we can keep it. I just want to say to everyone listening, I hope that you've enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, me too. I think we did a good job. I think we covered some some strong bases. Yeah, there were some bases covered. But continue on with your thought. Well, if you yourself have just binge listened to this entire thing and wondered what we look like or what we eat for breakfast via our Insta stories, you can follow us. Lucinda is at Frooms, F-R-O-O-M-E-S, and I am at Madison R. Griffiths, and that's one D. And if you liked this podcast, or if you're one of our enemies, I do this line every time, but if you're one of our enemies and you thought this recording was really shit, if you're, if you're up to the sixth episode, I'd hope that you're not still hate listening. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of worrying. But I kind of admire it. I'd feel I'd feel like we'd done something good if someone who didn't like us got through the sixth episode. We'd be doing something good. Something really good. Well, if that's you that has just feel very seen by that, you got something out of this. So please go ahead and give us five stars on iTunes. And another thing, depending on how many of you leave that five-star review, we might get commissioned for a second series Wouldn't of No Chill. Wouldn't that be nice? It'd be great. And if that happens, we'll be really anxious because we're fresh out of ideas. So... If you've got any, slide into our respective DMs, please. And on a serious note, thanks for listening. This has been a really big passion project of ours, and we're stoked to have been able to share it with you all. We really do sincerely hope you got something out of it, whether that's a really groundbreaking learning or maybe just a quiet sense of solidarity. Hmm. And, as always, don't Don't keep keep calm, but but do do carry on. on. Oh, and say hi to your dad for me. I had to do it. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. <laughs> 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 <laughs>